Welcome back to the Drum Network podcast, everybody. I'm the senior reporter for The Drum, Chris Sutcliffe. The conversation around in-housing has exploded again over the past couple of months. And while we could devote many episodes to actually detailing it, I think the best thing to do is if we get straight into this week's episode. So we are joined by Chris Jones from Space and Time and Asad Khan and Anne Greenberg from Capgemini to discuss everything from the challenges, opportunities to the practicalities of in-housing. So we're going to begin with Chris and then later on you'll hear from Asad and Anne. Please do enjoy. Sure. So um, I'm Chris Jones. I'm a managing partner here at Space and Time. Um, we are a we are a um, a business that um, primarily, in a kind of nutshell, we um, we like to position it as you know, if you are a brand that are uh, looking to grow your business, to innovate, to uh, to drive growth, to find new opportunities, um, then we are a partner that that will help you do that. Um, and our capability spans. Um, media, creative, training, and, and technology for the most part, but there are other things that we uh, that we do. Um, so that's kind of the that's the business. Um, as for me, I've, I've been in the industry for over twelve years um, for my sins, and um, for most of that, I've been involved with space and time. Um, I was part of a, a management buyout um, about three years ago now, mm. where we bought the business out for the previous. Um, ownership because the business is is just over 21 years years old now it's our 21st birthday in january bit of a shame we couldn't celebrate that obviously um but, but <laughs> soon, we're, we're gonna soon. have a we're, soon we're gonna have an almighty 22nd birthday that's the plan <laughs> um but uh yeah so we we, we bought the, the business myself and and uh, three partners bought the business out of the previous uh, management team and we're taking it on a journey and we're um you know as as we're talking about today, this is a this is a big part of the direction of travel. Um, so uh, you know, COVID has presented its challenges, but I'm I'm very excited and and uh, and energized actually by everything that's that we've got ahead of us. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, and it just seems like the conversation has exploded last couple of months. It, it has, yeah. I mean, the um, uh, it, it's a it's a weird time at the moment. Mm-hmm. To be um, you know, it's one of those where I think it's um, the conversation has exploded and it's increased, but I don't know how much of that has actually translated into tangible change on the ground. OK, that's really um, interesting. And I think it's that's sort of multifaceted, really, because um, from my perspective, I think there are several reasons why the conversation has increased um, and why more people are talking about it. And one of the I think one of the useful um, examples of this um, is the what is the whole remote working piece mm. because what I think that's done um, is it's opened the door for agencies and even any external partners to be engaging um, in conversations and forums and meetings um, with clients, different client teams that we never were involved with before. Mm. So, for instance, we're you know we're um, involved with a number of quite technical conversations with clients at the moment that actually, you know, for various reasons in terms of perceived kind of uh, data privacy or GDPR compliance, getting us in a room in in, in, in the sort of pre-pandemic world was kind of a bit inconceivable. So mm. we were always quite distant from those conversations, whereas Zoom and Teams and, and Hangouts has, has meant that that, I think there's a bridge has been built between those two things. We're far more involved. And what that's meant, I think, is that um, actually 
as an agency, as an external partner, we are as close to those um, to those outputs and those deliverables and those changes that they're looking to make as any of their colleagues are. Mm. So in many ways, we are already acting as in-house partners in this remote working world because we literally couldn't be any closer to their business than they already are, um, which I think is a, is, a, is a really interesting one. And yeah, I think definitely. that... Um, uh, that creates some challenges, I think, for the agency, which I'm sure we'll come on to um, a bit later. But I think the other thing, the other point that I was going to make was that um, I also think where it has exploded is at certain ends of the market. So, you know, um, I was doing a little bit of reading before this podcast um, and just generally when I'm staying abreast of what's happening in the industry. And actually, um, I think a lot of the talk, a lot of the chatter about it is 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 in the very very upper echelons of of the client accounts out there, the real real top spenders with very very established um, marketing budgets and global teams. Mm. Actually, the movement in house I think is far greater and far quicker and far more as a result of COVID than the other ninety five percent of brands that that um, are in the space, and and that ninety five percent is largely what we deal with. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's all relative. Is is that just a corollary of the kind of the, the structure of them, or is it something about sort of the the actual markets that they operate in? I think it's largely the scale. Mm. Um, so the scale that they operate at, the the idea of um, of in housing can can grow in its appeal. And mm. um, there's also the other side of this where if you, the the larger the business, the more financially secure they are. So. Um, Something that I don't think often gets mentioned, particularly in challenging economic climates, and I think it's fair to say that in many ways we're in that And if we're not yet, we are going to be. It's going yeah. to get challenging. Um, is actually the fact that businesses that um, perhaps aren't quite as well resourced or quite as well um, uh, or quite as sort of financially secure, the idea of increased fixed cost in their business is quite unappealing, to be mm. perfectly honest. Um, and, um, you know, what when you increase overhead and you increase, obviously when you increase overhead, you increase all the commensurate costs that come with that, whether it's real estate or NI pensions, etc., um, staff incentives, those kinds of things, they all go up. And what extra fixed costs give you is 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 less flexibility mm. when things go go slightly down the pan if they do. Um, so actually, the for many businesses, and I honestly think for a, a, a certainly a lot of the businesses that, that, that we deal with, um, a lot of them are financially secure, but the mm. idea of, of significantly increasing their fixed overhead is not particularly appealing um, right now. And yeah. it, that may well change in the future, but I think what that then does is it starts to put the onus back on the agency to make sure that commercially, are we on the right model with with the client? Is are we? And and what I mean by that is, is there complete commercial alignment with them? Mm. Um, you know, if there isn't commercial alignment, then ultimately not, they're not going to see the value out of it. And the idea or the the, the prospect of in housing more more um, services or more capability grows in popularity. But actually, I think if an agency is 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 making sure that 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 alignment is there. Um, then that coupled with the fact that the idea or the prospect of increased overheads and increased fixed costs 
is not a great thing to be doing right now for many businesses out there. Mm. It's not a one size fits all, but for many, then then actually it's quite compelling to to have an external partner as long as the structure's right. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, how does that then affect the the conversations that happen between agency and client? Then, if there is that acknowledgement that it's it's as much in service of having that sort of flexibility and choose who you choose to work with and when. Does that affect the power mm. dynamic at all? How does that affect how you talk about things like remuneration after the fact? So what we tend to do um, mm. is, um, and I, I'll, I talk a lot about alignment within the business um, at the moment, sort of strategic and commercial alignment, both internally and when we talk to, to clients. And the way in which you know we do that is um, we, we talk about mapping out a client journey with us. So, so essentially mapping out like a growth roadmap um, for the future so that when we're mapping out you know, you know strategically what what do they want to achieve as a business in order to grow and you map we typically map those out over two three to five years okay and when you're mapping out those objectives and those key milestones there is obviously an alignment with the capability they need to draw upon to achieve those um, and for us we can then um, you know we've made a real effort as a business um, and they'll we're going to announce a lot more about this in the next few weeks when I'll sort of launch the new website. We've got a, nice. a sort of new positioning coming up soon. Um, but a whole part of that is about, you know, we've got this real breadth and capability that allows us to, um, when, we're, when we're looking at those milestones, we're looking at that growth roadmap, we're then able to say, well, what capability do you need to achieve those? And what's the, base, the best model for you to achieve that in, mm. in the most effective way possible? Um, and in many ways, the most cost-effective way possible, and the way that gets you the most value as a client, and in and and in, and in many cases, that's us. You know, it might be that actually, you know, there's a big um, data project coming up where you're owning your own data, and we actively encourage, uh, you know, clients in some cases to own that because it makes perfect sense. Hmm. But what they might need some support on is the technology infrastructure and the ecosystem around it to maximise the effectiveness of that and to activate that through their campaigns. And actually that's where, for us, we can really flex into more of a consultative in-house model to support that piece of work. But when that um, moves through to, say, the second year, when it becomes about customer activation and ad serving, actually um, a more of a sort of managed model um, mm. is far more appealing to them. And in order for them to, to extract the most value from that partnership, um, we'll then uh, create a, a commercial arrangement with the client that um, will achieve that 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 goal in the most effective way possible. So, in answer to the question, for us, it's achieved through that alignment piece. Mm. Um, and when you're as um, I don't want to use the word prescriptive, but when you're mapping it out like that, um, and you're at you, I, Say we're both sat at a table in the, in the current current climate. We're not sat at a table; we're sat in front of our screens. But yeah. we're we're you know when we when we present these, what you get is a lot of nodding heads and a lot of agreement. And when you finish that meeting, everyone's completely re-energized by where we're going and the relationship that we have. Um, because at that point, we know what they want to achieve, and they know we know they, that um, uh, they know that we know what they want to achieve. Yeah. Um, and by doing that we can then put a commercial structure in place that, that works for both parties and ultimately means they achieve the, the most value from it. So I suppose how long then, to take a step back, how long has it taken you to sort of uh, approach it in that way? What has been Space and Time's experience with in-housing, sort of what's its um, journey 
to where it is now, where you can have those discussions ahead of time? Yeah, so um, I would say that for us, the idea of in-housing, it's obviously been on the radar. It's been in the industry for a, for a good oh, period yeah. of time. We've all read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, I talk a lot about this within the business around kind of what's a trend and what's a change, because the all that's happened as a result of COVID is that many things have just accelerated. You know, they haven't, it's not like um, this time last year in housing just landed on yeah, planet earth and, it's, and we, we don't know what to do about it. There were plans being put in place as to, as to how we do with it and, and, and actually in many ways suggesting it to, to clients. What we've accelerated, um, uh, not as a result of COVID, but certainly right at the start of COVID, um, was that we needed to um, adjust some of our some of our sort of ways of working and um, the so there's been various changes in terms of the operating model that we adopt internally to make sure that where we've got all this capability within the within the business um, typically when you set a, a client relationship up they tend to have what we call a client partner lead um, which would be um, you know, your account director or your essentially your your gateway into a world of possibilities and and, and a breadth of capability that an agency can bring. Mm. Um, and I think, um, you know, in the past, it can be quite commonplace for that gateway into the agency to actually be a gateway into part of the agency and for then for a lot of the other capability and the other opportunities to be missed out through um, lack of training, lack of development, lack of a, a, a an operating model within the business that encourages um, that, uh, that client partner lead to have real ownership of, um, of everything that the agency is able to provide to that client. Mm. Um, and so that's the, that's the first part. And I think the second part is that um, we talk a lot within the business about business empathy. Um, and there's a framework that we've put in place around um, how and why it's so important to understand a client's business as well as they understand it. Okay. Because once you can start to do that, essentially that client partner lead becomes a client within our own agency. You know, mm. they become that, that um, essentially a brand ambassador and someone that completely owns that client's growth roadmap that I talked about and those client objectives and those client goals that they, they mutually share. And then the operating structure around that that we've put in place means that everything that the agency can do absolutely stems off that client partner lead. There is no, uh, there is there is no limits to the capability that we can provide, and obviously the flexibility that we can provide it with. Mm. So, for instance, you know we've we've repackaged um, a lot more of of our technology offering as a business because we've always done a lot with uh, data and insights, but the core offering was always media. But actually, as um, the media landscape becomes more convoluted, the onus is, is increasing on uh, technology investment. You know, there, there was, I was reading a study from Forrester the other day that was talking about technology investment growing at 10% next year versus 4% for advertising creative services. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that's absolutely right. And so so what we're, we're doing is, is creating these um, pillars within the business that have specialists attached to them. Um, and right in the middle is the client partner lead that absolutely knows the client inside out. And there's a really seamless interaction between those four teams that we've set up. Um, so those are media, technology, creative and training. Mm. Um, and using those 
those four elements. And we really feel that we can provide that breadth of capability and within, within each of those four elements, there's an inherent flexibility as to how we deliver the solution, whether it's fully managed as a hybrid or as an in-house solution. There is, there is um, and for me, that represents a, 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 a very relevant model nowadays because I think that hybrid approach is going to be the way to go but mm. but um, but there is not a one-size-fits-all to a hybrid approach um, no it has to not. be tailored and it has to be bespoke well actually that leads on neatly to my next question which is we've spoken quite a bit there about what happens when it all goes right and what happens when you do have that complete understanding of kind of what the client needs but what are some of the challenges I suppose in the initial approach and sort of in the ongoing relationship and how does an agency have to learn to deal with that kind of stuff? So um, I think the thing that um, agencies have to do more of is they need to talk more about outputs and deliverables and the actual tangible results of the work that they're doing and not billable hours. Mm. I think that's that's one of the, the key things that um, is hindering agencies at the moment. You know, there are still too many agencies that um, that are almost actively um, causing more in-housing because, because a, a, a time-based uh, uh, remuneration model is not the way to be charging now. You have the, the, there has to be, um, the, the alignment piece I talked about earlier is, is an integral part to this, um, but, it, but there has to be, in order to get that alignment, there has to be an agreement in terms of what's gonna be the outcome from this you know, I don't, I, I, they, I don't think brands will find it particularly attractive in the future to, mm. um, to be paying um, an increased so so cost plus margin for account management because there's an argument that in many ways if it's service delivery that they need then there's there is an argument to in-house that, um, obviously very very good account management and client services um, can be a real positive, but actually if you really shift the conversation to well, yes, account management is an integral part to this, but the, the main focus has got to be what is the output from this, um, um, from what you're looking to achieve. If you're looking to grow your business online, then there are various different things that you need to do and there are various different deliverables that we need to help you with in order for you to achieve that milestone. Right. And I think, I think um, that's where... Um, agencies need to um, adapt. They need to get onto the front foot. Um, I think that the, at the moment, brands are leading the in-house conversation. Yeah. Um, and um, in terms of the, going back to my point earlier about, you know, a lot of the agency in-house conversation being the very, very upper echelons of, of the, the kind of client landscape at the moment, I think there's a lot, lot to be said for the other 95% of, of, of agencies out there that are facing uh, challenges. Mm. But actually, you know, it's cliche, but, you know, with every challenge comes an opportunity. And, um, and that's certainly the way we're looking at it. And, and, um, and I think it's the way of the future. We actively condone it. You know, the, yeah. uh, I was saying it earlier about, you know, when a, a client, if they're looking to own their own data, for instance, we're not going to... St- dig our heels in and say that's the wrong thing to do we want to own it because actually the most important thing is that you achieve those goals and those milestones in the most efficient and effective way possible mm. um, and actually in order to do that um, you may need to um, use an agency to help you with um, the integration or the the, the sort of wider um, ecosystem 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's got to be a, a huge sea change for some agencies that are taking that much more proactive approach. That's going to be, as you mentioned, something that's probably desirable, but it's going to take some agencies, particularly the smaller ones, a long time to really sort of get that embedded into their culture. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. So I think the, um, uh, you know, I think the, the key thing is where where agencies in the past have, have often referred to themselves as, as, as agile, I think the reality in many cases is that they are the opposite of that. Mm. And, um, and actually those that are agile and they're honest and they move in um, uh, into... They're, they're, they're getting on the front foot with this and they're able to adapt their business models and their operating systems to um, encourage in housing in the right way. I think that's got to be the, the, the way of the future. And, and um, you know, there's, it goes back to the point I made earlier about there not being one size that fits all. Mm. Um, I think that will always be the case. And, um, you know, it's kind of nothing's really changed in that respect. It's always, you know, the idea of a, a rich agency client relationship has always been about um, making that relationship bespoke and not off the shelf and you customize it and you tweak it and you you know you put the right talent on it and it's always been around you know a really really kind of tailored model and that's just exactly the same it's just what the um i think agencies need to do is inject that um uh, more flexibility and more of a dynamic approach into their operating models and their their, their means of remuneration. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's I'm not going to say it's easy, and I'm not going to say we've got it absolutely nailed yet, but we certainly embarked on it on this journey a year ago, um, right at the start of COVID, um, and it's transformed our business. Um, and I I do truly believe it's um, it's really positioning us on that front foot and, and meaning that we we can be proactive and not reactive which is which is a great place to be nice fantastic well that's a that's a nice place to end this section of the discussion um so chris i wondered if anybody who's listening wants to get in contact with you where would be the best place for them to reach out to you sure well there's there's um like any of these things um i'm i'm pretty much um anywhere you like so so be it on on uh, on linkedin I can be found on there. If not, um, uh, I'm you know, email. You can always you can always get me, um, and that's Chris J at spaceandtime.co.uk, um, or indeed you know, um, give us a call. So check out the website and give us a call, and I'd love to chat because um, you know, there's I'm a massive believer, be it client, agency, media owner. Um, tech partner um i'm i'm actively having lots and lots of really really good conversations at the moment which is um and i and i'd love to talk to like-minded people so um i'd really active actively encourage anyone that that uh, wants to have a chat to get in touch nice fantastic well chris thanks so much for coming on i we could have spoken about that for so much longer but i think that's provided our audience with a really good snapshot into what the challenges and opportunities are for agencies who are looking to go more in-house so thank you very much for coming on Great, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. So to begin with then, I wondered if you could introduce yourselves to our audience uh, with particular focus on why you are so qualified to talk about in-housing. So Asad, what's been your journey through the industry to date? Hi, so yeah, um, I've been, um, I'm currently in the um, brand and content team at Camp Gemini. Um, but my most, and I joined Cap Gemini in July of last year. But prior to that, 
I've had I've had a very heavy media agency background. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I won't list the years for Phil Sanding Nold how long I've been in in the media industry, but um, what I want to say is that I've just, I've been very fortunate enough to work on um, some some major accounts like telecoms, entertainment, FMCG, and then um, within that time period since I've started, I've seen a, a, a very big change in how the dynamic between agency and clients, particularly mm. media agencies, because I remember when I first started in the industry, digital was very new. Like, um, and um, the way we used to, I used to, I remember we used to, I used to fax IOs back to partners and that, that's how we used to book things. I, and, uh, yeah, I haven't so, heard, I haven't even heard the word fax. Oh years. God, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then, so, and that was a time when the the industry knowledge was very low at the time when it came mm. to advertise. They didn't know much was going on. If you, you would win pitches just by saying, yeah, we'll implement behavioral targeting. <laughs> which is hilarious right um um and like if you use that as any sort of buzzword you, you they would hire you as an as a but the the world has changed massively since then we've got clients now who are very au fait i mean they've grown up digitally a lot of these clients now uh, and they get what good digital looks like they're seeing it they're embracing themselves that uh, I, I remember having to justify channels like facebook onto onto a plan that now like facebook like the, the clients are on facebook so yeah I'll yeah, have to just by taking Facebook, Facebook off. Exactly, actually. exactly. So it's a, it's a role reversal, right? And, and, and the cards very okay with where, um, where digital is and what digital is doing. And so, given that knowledge, given that power, then um, there's clients are now saying, "Well, is, is there scope for me to start start doing this and bring this in house?" Mm. Uh, and that's what we'll, yeah, we'll look to hopefully discuss. Oh yeah, definitely. And and we're looking to have you on here as well. Your path through the industry has been slightly different. So what has been your experience within housing then? So to date and almost demonstrating that expertise. Yeah, absolutely. So similar to Asad, I work with him on the brand and content team at Capgemini Invent. And just for your background, what we do is we help clients deliver what's next across digital marketing, content amplification and strategies. And um, prior to my time at Capgemini, I actually worked at media agencies as well. So I have about six years of agency experience, both in New York and in London. Mm. So I'm originally from the U.S. And I've worked across some of the top brands in the industry, um, spanning beauty, retail, travel and technology. And across many of those clients, um, a lot of them uh, brought elements of their um, media in-house, whether that be programmatic, their performance marketing, uh, social. And so um, I did see a trend of of clients evolving into bringing that in. And uh, with my experience as well, you know, I saw um, kind of the good and the bad of how to work with the agency when it comes to in-house. So Um, You know, some clients really tapped into the agency offering, you know, leveraging the insights, um, benchmarkings, the expertise to really help them plan their media, while some of them really were completely siloed, siloed, excuse me. And so when we were kind of working on an overarching media effort, we couldn't even see half of the the, the media spend and, and, and the attribution. So definitely think, you know, working together as one is, you know, the best way from a from an in-house approach and, and working with your agencies because they have such a robust knowledge and expertise. Yeah, so you've, you've actually preempted one of my next questions here, which is almost why has that, uh, why has in-housing suddenly shot back up to the top of the agenda when we talk about kind of the future of agencies 
And most of the people I've spoken to have said it is because of that expertise yeah. and almost transitioning to a more consultative approach between agency and their clients. So to what extent then do you think those trends have been accelerated the last couple of years? What has really led to those agencies taking a much more proactive approach to demonstrating that expertise? Yeah, well, I think there's been um, there's been so much going on in the world in the last year and two years. And especially with COVID, there's been a huge economic impact. And, you know, typically the one thing that brands look at and, and clients when it comes to an economic crisis is they cut their marketing spends, right? Mm-hmm. So even in looking at the recession in 2008, we did see that U.S. advertising spend had dropped about 13%. That's something that I, I saw in a Forbes article recently. And also, um, back in 2008, in-house um, agency offerings had grown by 20%. So we're seeing that trend kind of hit back up again. And also with um, COVID, uh, the the way that we have to work together is in a more agile way. I mean, think about it in the beginning of the crisis. Uh, nobody knew really what was going on. And there was so many different types of communication. People were scared. And so brands really had to adapt and constantly uh, come out with different pieces of communication. They had to adapt their entire business approach. And so that agile way of working, both brands and agencies had to rethink about the way they work together mm-hmm. and also separately. And so I think that you know helped propel the in- in-housing again in that conversation, but also made agencies rethink the way that they, they approach um, their clients and yeah. you know being partners and being kind of that ally, sharing point of views, um, and strategic recommendations to help support clients in their business needs. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that goes back to something that Asad said right at the start, which is, you know, it's it's easy to justify some of those recommendations you're making if you have a clear understanding of what the client actually wants. And so presumably, Asad, that's, that's one of the great benefits of in-housing is that you do have that much closer alignment around strategic goals. No, and that's absolutely right. Um, the, the, uh, one, one challenge, right, is that... Uh, and when this comes up a lot when we, when, you, when clients start thinking about in-housing is mm-hmm. just service level agreements. Uh, I, I remember one client we had that they were getting really they 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 would be frustrated in the turnaround times mm-hmm. because uh, in in an age of where social media and uh, news hits the uh, 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 news hits quickly mm-hmm. and spreads, um, at, at, they want they want to be able to react to uh, those trends. In a timely manner, how silly? Do, I mean, how silly do you look if you put out a post and uh, uh, people already stopped talking about it? So, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, wanting to have that ownership of timelines and not having not having to worry about service level agreements is a big part of um, that conversation. Uh, and and so some agencies have managed it well, and they they're able to uh, um, t- turn turn around things for for some of the bigger clients. Um, but then yeah, it's about have the challenges agency have is that that's your social media planner probably works across multiple accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there's if they've got priorities and uh, if there's a lot of fires they're putting out, then it becomes really difficult to manage and commit to a service level agreement that a client will be happy and, and pleased to work with. So um, that's where and, and this is the, this conversation, right? This it is it, unique to every individual relationship you have with the agency and each individual requirements of a client so where some service level agreements will be totally okay and like um are manageable for for some advertisers some advertisers just want something faster um, mm. or or need something out that 
that works better for them. They might have already in-house their creative agency. So then there's um, scope to be really quick and agile there uh, if you get something away uh, at a drop of a um, um, hat's notice. So uh, yeah, there's a lot going on and, and the nuances required in making those decisions is, is some of the some of the challenges you have. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I suppose that that goes back to what we were saying about understanding those nuances is where those specialist agencies and the agencies that have dealt with something for such a long time is that's really where their strength comes to the fore. It's no longer just a sort of, you know, they, they come in on an ad hoc basis and then sort of shoot out again at the end. It's really about understanding something in the long term rather than just, you know, doing something to order and then disappearing. Mm. Absolutely. You want to commit to a, a, a long-term plan with this. Mm. Uh, understand where you want to build your um, uh, your business case. Uh, and then once you have that in place, look, you don't have to accept uh, build the whole strategy straight away and the capability straight away. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the short baby steps and increments mm. that you build up over time uh, and, and but just commit to that long-term plan. I remember when one of my clients, what we did was... Um, we actually we centralized the programmatic and social buying right right uh, uh, so it was it was a global client fmcg uh, and what we did we we brought it all into a hub in amsterdam mm. uh, and then so, so by doing that we're now building a process for them so that there's one person to talk to build out their media plans that one person that works with your agencies uh, and then once that centralization uh, stake happened and that hub in amsterdam for us at that point, we did that for a year. Then we handed that account over to the client. So we had a plan in place for them to get used to the process, not even the capability, just the process mm. themselves or a different way of working. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, they took that on. And then it was, it was all about managing the, the tech conversations, like the ad service, should we do that for them? The viewability tracking, who does that? So, um, but yeah, the actual way of working, the process of it was uh, only a success because we, we, we made that step change by managing the planning buy and still at, at an agency level, but having a step change of um, have, uh, of, of a new process which would mirror whatever mm. the uh, in-housing process would look like too. So then uh, all the stakeholders get used to uh, what the new normal look like. So I suppose that that needs that leads then on to this next question, which is you know every different every relationship between agency and client is so very different. Um, and it's you know varies hugely by by sector, by medium, by specialism. So yeah. and then is there ever just best practice for actually working you know either hybrid or full fully in house, or does it vary between like I said those disciplines? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it varies. I think each client um, has you know their separate goals and business objectives, and I think that in order to be um, you know, to, to maximize the efforts, you need to adapt your approach. It can't, it's not one size fits all. And if you think about it from a traditional standpoint, you know, TV and print, those elements won't be going in-house. I don't think ever, I think with agencies, especially, you know, they have longstanding contracts and partnerships with these TV networks and publications. And so they get, you know, really fantastic rates, added value. Um, and and so I think those those pieces will, you know, continue to stay on the agency side. I think from the in-house approach, really, 
it'll be kind of, you know, you crawl, walk, and, and then run. And so I think you really need to take a look at what your objectives are as a business. Mm. You also need to take a look at kind of what you have as talent already. I mean, if you were to bring elements in house, it is a huge undertaking. You need to have the proper, proper staffing. You need to have the proper resources. And you also need to take a look at kind of where your contracts sit. So mm. I think before you can even say, I'm going to be taking X in-house, you really need to kind of do that audit beforehand and really understand what your business objectives are. And once you get that, working alongside your agencies, coming up with a ways of working, I think agencies are extremely beneficial. They have a robust um, amount of knowledge. They have a huge client portfolio. So you have those benchmarks. And so being able to collaborate, I think, you know, the way Assad worked um, from his FMCG client mm. is a fantastic way and is almost a best practice, you know, tapping into the agency resources, getting um, getting their expertise and helping an agency helping the clients, you know, be supported is really the way that you can excel. And mm. also the other thing that brands and clients really need to keep in mind is that this takes time. Um, you know, uh, in a Forrester's report in, in 2020, it said that Bayer, it took them three years just to onboard their programmatic um, in-house. And the, the main reason why it took so long is just um, the talent and, and how that was a significant challenge. So you need to be patient with this. So this isn't um, a, a change that can be done tomorrow. You need to take the time um, and, and set it up properly for it to excel. No, definitely. And actually, you've you've led the conversation onto somewhere I really wanted to take it to, which is the opportunities for doing enhancing really well are very apparent. You know, we've heard so many case studies about places where it's worked incredibly well. But at the same time, there are significant challenges there. You mentioned kind of that talent, as I mentioned, you know, having to almost put together that specific brief around, you know, combining two disciplines already. So I wondered in that, in if, if you were, say, an agency who was just about to take that leap and maybe, you know, pitch going fully in-house somewhere or you'd been approached for it, what would be some of those other challenges that you really have to think about? Is there, for instance, a danger that you're going to find yourself with some necessary redundancies on the hand as you know there is synergy between kind of the, uh, the the larger client and you is it something about just making sure that working practices are aligned and that everybody's you know that potentially the working culture is going to change what are some of the big challenges that you have to be aware that you'll have to work through and that could be to either of you yeah um so definitely some other things that you need to keep in mind are payment terms so mm. this is you know, something that not many people, you know, think about from the start, but it actually has a huge impact. So, you know, the beauty of agencies as well is that they have a large pot of money because they have a large client portfolio. So when it comes to paying, um, you know, publishers and ad tech partners, they are able to kind of front the money a month in advance and before the client even needs to pay. So you really need to kind of sit down and, and speak to, you know, your CFO and, and your legal team to see, one, can you even cover the payment from the start, right? The other thing is, what are your investment levels from a media standpoint or even creative standpoint or data science standpoint? If you're spending X amount, what and, and you bring these elements in-house, what is going to be your return on investment? Is it positive? If it's not positive, it's not worth it. Um, the other thing is technology, thinking about your tech stack. Where does that lie? Um, do you have a proper tech stack uh, to support your kind of business needs? Um, 
that's another thing to think about. And then finally for me is the the measurement piece, kind of where does your data sit? That's a huge, um, that's a huge point. What kind of analytics tools do you have? You know, the, some, you know, agencies provide kind of that, that data warehouse and data storage and also data analytics. And that's a huge piece, especially now more than ever tracking mm. your media. So where will that be sitting? And will you have enough, um, to uh, to bring that in house, so those are kind of the things that you need to think about and can pose a challenge for when thinking about bringing elements in house. Mm, definitely, Asad, is there anything else that you think is is you know leaping out at you when you think about those initial challenges, or even as you mentioned, those challenges in the long run in managing that relationship as you go along? Yeah, so um, I think that so a Anne's answer is super comprehensive. There's not much more to add. Just echo what she's coming <laughs> through, but uh, I just. Two two things. One is, I think talent is potentially uh, a big challenge because a lot of the in the UK market market spe- uh, specifically, a lot of the talent is attracted to working in London, uh, working in Manchester, working in the big cities. Whereas uh, clients are potentially not based in around those areas. So where you might it, it's it's an ongoing challenge because you build a team up uh, in housing team and then if someone leaves or you need to you need to build out and make it bigger and better. Uh, that ongoing challenge of attracting someone um, uh, to potentially, I don't know, Slough or Leeds will be difficult. Uh, mm. um, uh, sorry, I, I mentioned those areas because uh, my, my, my wife's from Slough and I, and I give a lot of grief for being from Slough. <laughs> I, I, I wonder why it came so readily to my Yeah, but, but if you look at Slough as an area, there's so many big businesses there. I, I, I know O2's there, I know Coca-Cola there. So like if it's just things you have to manage i i guess in the new normal of everyone working from home maybe that's less of a challenge now than what it was but still something to factor in mm. uh, and then the agency conversations are really interesting one what that new partnership looks like um how what's that remuneration looking like that, yeah. um so um and you talk about redundancy i think um what what might happen um, is that so I mean a lot of eighties right now have buying arms and potentially I, I don't foresee redundancies but I do foresee mm. um, potentially maybe some cost cutting areas or they might look look to grow them at the rate they would have grown them previously where where agencies I think are vital and um, is uh, and and absolutely core to any advertiser's planning process is the age media agencies understand where people are what they're doing online offline uh, and that channel breakdown so mm. um you cannot if I, I remember when i was personally in, in buying myself like I, I needed that guidance from my from the strategy team to understand which channels i should be looking at and what how much um mm, yeah uh, budget allocation i need to give them and that's that needs to come from that would still need to come from an agency and have the, the the team that I mentioned when we in-house that uh, that client that went to uh, centralize in Amsterdam, we had an excellent process mm. of where it was very collaborative. The we as an agency still managed the budget allocation, the channel allocation, the overall strategy, and then once that was signed off by the marketing managers and the media managers, that was then converted into a a, a brief for the for the client's own team to manage, and then they would took it on, and so. Uh, so we had a process there. I think agencies absolutely need to carve out a role here 
um, mm. because their specialism is, specialism is still super important. Clients won't have access to a lot of research that agencies have access to, a lot of tools that they have access to, th things like um, TGI or whatever. So they, that that is still a key play for agencies and they just need to, I really think agencies need to ham up how important they are. I don't think they do yes, a good enough yeah. job of uh, how vital they are uh, to clients. And potentially I think that you could, there's an argument to make that clients aren't potentially not appreciative of how much work agencies do do in the background in mm. order to nail that uh, brief from a strategic point of view, from a from a from a planning point of view. So it's it's definitely uh, both parties have honest conversations with each other, uh, understanding where their where their strength lies, and understanding how they can support each other. Absolutely. So that's really interesting because that speaks to this idea that you you even as that relationship goes on, you need to maintain that parity of, of importance. And it has to be sort of, um, you know, alliance of equals rather than it sort of being, you know, the, 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 the client with a huge amount of power and the agency who just have to, you know, deliver to the briefs and everything. Mm. So is that going forward then, is that something that you would advise everybody to reconsider when they get into that, is really acknowledging their own strengths and where there could be a sort of complementary fit with the client, but not necessarily, you know, be subsumed into what the client is doing? Absolutely. So, and it's all about partnerships and not vendors, right? So, mm. uh, it, it's understanding that th this is a look. The best clients I've worked on in the past, uh, and the best, and which ultimately drove the best campaigns and the best ideas, was when our client treated us as as a partner, mm. uh, because that yeah. meant you got access to any sort of uh, um, insights that they had in terms of upcoming products or early doors and you can start really thinking about proactively what you how you can help you help the client's business and that can only happen if if that's how you're treated if you're treated as someone there uh you both have equal parity and it's in the same way agencies um i feel like they they absolutely need to uh position themselves to be a lot stronger than just uh, a supplier and and position themselves to be to be in that partner mode um uh, and i think they're really lacking in that space they the um there's a lot which is which is I find quite interesting because mm. uh, when it comes to storytelling and uh, getting uh, getting to change like eliciting a behavioural change from consumers, media plans are amazing at that for media, <clears throat> media strategists. It's it's interesting that they've struggled to do that with their main stakeholder, which is actually <laughs> the client. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely I think agencies need to relook at that and how they're going about telling that story because. Uh, currently, I feel like it, with a lot of clients, that's not working. Of course, that's not the case with all. This is not a, uh, um, a catch-all statement I'm making, but I think that there is a challenge there that agencies yeah. can be better at doing. Yeah, and Asad and I were, you know, speaking earlier, and we were kind of reminiscing on our time at agency, and you know, talking about the contrasts between agency and consulting. And I think what we, you know, we discussed was, you know, in consulting, we're looked at as the partner when we're you know, working with the clients and versus when we were at the agency, it was very much, we are just the agency uh, from our experience. So I definitely think that building a partnership is, is, is crucial because that's also how you get the best effort out of your agency by building that trust and, um, you know, tapping into all the resources uh, similar to kind of how clients work with, with consultants. See, that's really interesting. Um mm. I just wonder before before we get into the uh, you know asking where audiences can potentially where our audience will can find you is there anything else that you think we need to we definitely need to weave into the conversation because we're getting up to twenty five minutes now and I want to keep in as much of this as I possibly can because it's been really really good. No, I think we 
from my standpoint, I think we covered everything. I mean, for us, I think we, we just want to hone in that there is kind of that fit between, there is that sweet swap between working with agencies and bringing elements in house and mm. each client will be different and it's an evolution and ongoing, um, uh, you know, negotiation and discussion. So I think if we, hopefully we can have this conversation again hopefully, in, you yeah. know, six months to a year's time and see if the narrative has changed a bit. Um, also, the one thing that I was thinking about was um, with kind of the easier elements to bring in house, whether that be programmatic or kind of social, that, that digital, I think we're going to see a, another change when it comes to kind of programmatic out of home. Mm. And will that be brought in house? So we'll see kind of what, what happens in the next year's time when it comes to programmatic out of home, connected TV, um, as those elements and media channels expand, what will be brought further in house? Um, and, and what, what are going to be the new expertise? Nice. Fantastic. Well, as you mentioned, hopefully we'll be able to come back and have that conversation again in about you know, six months, see how that, how it's evolved and moved on. Yeah. But thank you both so much for that. If the audience wants to reach out and bend your ear about this, maybe get some advice on sort of their own experience of in-housing, where's the best place for them to reach you then, please? Uh, if we could start with Asad. Yeah, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I believe it's linkedin.com forward slash Asad20. Uh, you could also find an email. My email address is asad.a.khan at capgemini.com. Uh, and if you can't find me in any of those channels, you can find me on Twitter on at akdizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And Anne, what's your what's your fun Twitter account? Well, I don't even have a Twitter account. Um, <laughs> I wish I did now. But uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's LinkedIn and then forward slash Greenberg Anne. And yeah, let me uh, send me a, a, a message and definitely looking forward to chatting more. Nice. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for appearing on the Drum Network podcast. I know that this is going to be incredibly valuable to the audience. And hopefully, like you said, we'll be able to chat again very soon in the future. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much.